This is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon. Junior. The villain, Marty Skell. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open. 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 Busted Wide Open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to Busted Wide Open, our BWO Live coming to you from the Twitch verse thing. This is episode number 251. Yeah. My name is Nick Howell. And no longer wondering what Brawl for All would have looked like if it were booked by Josh Barnett on WCW Thunder. I am Sir Ian Dangerous. Excuse me while I just throw things at the wall and see what sticks. Welcome to Busted Wide Open. We're here on Twitch right now and we're here in your ear holes and thank you for joining us today because we need to talk about Monday Night Raw this week. Yes. We need to talk. <laughs> we need to have a serious conversation about what in the hell happened on Monday Night Raw this week because apparently someone told Vince the ratings were tanking. He got reamed out on the quarter two earnings call and he decided to go, well, we're going to try a whole bunch of shit. And that's what we got. Yep. <laughs> so we're going to talk about it all on the show. It's probably going to be a fairly in-depth conversation about Monday Night Raw. But, Nick, uh, we can't get right into it because we do have some housekeeping to do. We have to be a responsible show, get all of our stuff in. we got to get our shit in. Yeah. And then we can do a show. <laughs> So Not get your away, shit sir. pushed in, but get your shit in, right? That, no, this that was is what raw. We got, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> felt like watching that raw, I got my shit pushed in. But that is, we'll, we'll talk about that stuff. Uh, yes, guys, come over and make sure you're in the Discord. That is where we do the live chats. They're a lot of fun. If you're missing those, like if you're missing out on the live streams like we're doing right here on Twitch, you're missing out on all the fun. So make sure you get into the Discord. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Subscribe to us over on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. And make sure you set your notifications to all so that you do get those notifications from YouTube when we put up BWO daily every single day of the week except yesterday because hurricane but we came back with you with two Shane Helms was was hanging out at Nick's house <laughs> give me two Utah today uh, uh, VWO daily so we got those in for you uh, what I'm else we... from a sa- for a sandwich from that place around the corner Utah two. give me two, two. Utah give, give me two, two. Patrons, thank you very much for all of your support every single month. If you're not signed up for Patreon yet at the $5 tier or higher, you're going to miss out on the patron pickums in this month for SummerSlam coming up in a couple of weeks. So go ahead, throw that 5 bucks into Patreon, get signed up so you can get ready as we start prepping for SummerSlam. Hopefully a lot better than what we're going to talk about tonight, but we'll see. We'll see. Mm. To be determined. Uh, and I would be remiss if I did not call out and answer the question by Jake L that threw a fiver in the tip jar. Thank you, Jake. Before Thank you very we much. even got the show started. Thank you very Always. much, sir. So yeah. Ian, he's, he says, big fan. Mm, My friend Brian 
only likes NXT. Mm -hmm. If you could tell him one thing he's missing out from AEW, it would be what? Anna J. <laughs> That's mostly on dark these days. But yeah, uh, I I mean, do you want one segment, one wrestler, or just the like? my response would be like the general, but the breeziness of the show. Like it feels like a bunch of people having a really good time doing what they love to do. If yeah. there was one thing I would take away from AEW, it would be it feels like people having a, like they're all happy. <laughs> they're all like, this is what I would like to be doing with myself right now. And sometimes that's hit, sometimes that's miss. Um, but, you know, the other thing, like, here's the thing. It, it's going to be hard to try to get anybody into any wrestling company that they're not already into right now because of the lack of audience. It's just not the product they would like to be putting out, right? So you kind of always already have to have a little bit of loyalty or interest in that brand to really kind of glom onto it. I think AEW does have stuff to offer. It's, you know, it's going to have some good matches. Every week there's going to be at least one or two matches that are just going to be solid, good, awesome matches. Um, but in general, it just does feel like a very light show. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I feel energy coming off of that show. NXT still, still feels very serious and mm -hmm. very self-serious. Like, it takes itself very seriously. I don't feel like AEW takes itself seriously, and I mean that in a good way. You know, I feel like it's, it's easy to get caught up in uh, taking yourself too seriously, and when WWE tends to, quote, poke fun at itself, and we're going to get into this today because I felt like it was doing it this week, it comes across as manufactured. Whereas AEW, it feels like they're, it's come, it's, they don't take themselves seriously in a fun way. Yeah. So if there, would, if there was one thing that I would say like, that could attract someone to AEW right now in the midst of all of this, is every week you're going to have at least one or two really good matches, high energy, entertaining matches, uh, and the, overall the product feels very fun. The other, the only thing I'd add to that is that one, it also stands the chance to make you love and appreciate NXT that much more as a, as a, you know, for what it is, yeah, and and you get to consume more awesome wrestling content every single week. There, there's no, I mean, what's we're in this golden era right now. We we are absolute spoiled brats for choice uh, of what we get to watch, and the fact that we belittle ourselves to having NXT is better. No, AEW is better. <laughs> no, NXT is. Who cares? Enjoy it all. It's amazing. Impact, Impact's good right now. Like we're in the middle yeah. of a damn pandemic. They can't even proper put on wrestling matches, and we're still getting really good stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, it's great. And then there's Raw, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, and then there. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jake, for the fiver. Appreciate Thank you, it, brother. brother. Thank you. Uh, but yes, make sure you subscribe to all the things, get into all of our social medias, make sure you get into the discord. Thank you very much. Patrons head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Make sure you get in for the patron pickups challenge coming up for summer slam, but let's get into it. Ian, we got to do it. We got to go over and we got to torture ourselves with what went no. down on Monday night raw. Well, well, well. Let's get right into it and just say that this week it felt like they were trying a lot of new things on Raw. And we can't really even sum it all up at the top here because it was spread out through every segment of the show. Everything yeah. felt like it had – every writer was told, try something new. Everyone who was involved in their own segments was told, try something new. We're going to try something different. We're going to shake it up a little bit. So it was a little bit on every segment on the show, and we'll get into that. I think the only thing that didn't feel – different 
was Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. That felt like it was pretty straight up. Um, even the uh, Apollo Cruz's segment felt pretty much straightforward. Not not everything, but for the most part, it was shaken up. And one of the big things they did was have ongoing technical difficulties throughout the entire show. The lights went out a couple of times right at the top. Uh, mics kept cutting out, at least for the first half of the show. All of this went away by the end of the show, of course, because they couldn't keep it up because they were doing it so obnoxiously at the beginning of the show, which was odd. Or they figured not enough people would be sticking around to that point. Either way, they didn't keep it going, which was probably a good thing because it did get a little bit obnoxious in the first few segments where they were having, quote, technical difficulties. They explained it away by showing some stuff getting tossed around backstage, and apparently that's what, like, you know, you, you threw over some... Um, a some, roadie some, case fell over. Some roadie cases, and that's what causes the mic problems. I don't know, man. I've never worked with remote mics before. Oh, wait, I have, and I don't recall that being anything that causes mics to fail. No. Remote mics to fail. Uh, and apparently the power outages were because some group outside found a generator that had been set up in a parking lot and threw Molotovs at it. Uh, there is a new faction they were teasing before the show. There's apparently five people in the faction. So speculations rage from Undisputed Era to all the people that they called up and never used uh, on main roster. So we have no idea who they are. Um, I think that WWE did release that they were called Retribution. Online, but we don't know anything more about them right now. So the big mystery continues with that. But it did cause some technical malfunctions throughout the show, quote-unquote, um, which to a, a casual viewer who had just popped in because they heard Shane O'Mac was coming back to the show, they might have been sitting there going like, wow, WWE's really fallen off since the last time I watched them. They're letting stuff go. Kevin Dunn can't even keep the mics working. What is going on here? But <laughs> Shane O'Mac, Nick, that's the big thing. They promoted before the show happened that Shane McMahon was coming back, and he was bringing a brand new concept to WWE. We were all sitting there wondering, what could this new concept be, Nick? What, oh, what could this new concept be? Well, Nick, the new concept is called Raw Underground, and it's basically Shane McMahon's Def Jam in a basement. Uh, it's it's It's... It's blood sport. It's it's Matt Riddle. It's GCW's blood sport. Matt Riddle and Josh Barnett have been doing uh, a show, WrestleMania weekends, for the last couple of years called Blood Sport. Yep. No ropes, just four ring posts, empty ring, and shoot style matches. And this and basically it was that crossed with Fight Club with an attempt at shooting it like Lucha Underground, and and then beyond that it was it was basically just Kevin Dunn production, which means it looks like crap. It looked like it, it looked bad, like crap. It looked like crap. So I'll start uh, with the positive. I'll say I like how they made ten people standing around a ring feel <laughs> like the Kumite, yeah. right? It, yes. It, they made, there was a lot of noise there and slamming on the mat and all sure. that. Sure. There was a lot of interaction, a lot of noise being generated. Um, I I liked how we got to see highlights of certain wrestlers, and you know, uh, Dolph Ziggler was one of the big ones that got like a big spot there, and you got to see a lot of what made Dolph Ziggler the was, all-time winningest Kent State amateur wrestler in NCAA. So it was I, random as hell. It was, it was random as hell. You had, as you said, you had Dolph Ziggler wearing Jordans in a match <laughs> where he's he's supposedly shoot styling a guy. And wrestling him down, and it was the best Dolph has looked in a long time. But it's still you're sitting there going, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler's in a shoot fight. Okay, in, in okay. six hundred dollar Jordans, right? Okay, that's 
wow, this that really sells the seediness of all of this. As Dolph Ziggler is in here, still with his beautiful hair, uh, where's Steve Blackman with his taped up feet and his black? <laughs> they've, they've got actual shoot fighters. In You've WWE. got Alistair Black. For You've God's got, sakes. Okay, the curses are about to come out. Yeah. You've got Hydra Kids. You've got fucking Alistair Black. You've got Shayna fucking Baszler. You've got Matt Riddle. What are you doing throwing it? And you've got... <laughs> you're just randomly beeping me I'm now. just trying to just anticipate in, you. Just in case. You're, <laughs> you had Eric from the Viking Raiders in there. Now, you've sold Eric for the last few weeks as a goofy guy who throws axes and like throws his partner down bowling. Like They've been in comedy angles, and all of a sudden, you're sitting here going like, oh, yeah, but he's a mean. He's a real street fighter. He'll get into the ring, and he'll kill you. And it's like, wh- where did that come from? What? It was so random. It, I mean, I was, I was sitting there with my mouth open. I was entertained. I was like, what is... What am I watching? What are you doing? What happened? Okay, mm, we'll get back to this. You had Babatunde. You finally had Babatunde. They finally did something with Babatunde besides bring him out at the Greatest Royal Rumble because Vince wanted some more big people. Or dress him up like a giant ninja. Right. Well, no, that wasn't him. That was, that was another guy. Uh, but uh, now he's apparently, he's named Dabakato. Yeah. Which is much easier to say than Babatunde. It's like a word jumble. I <laughs> just rearrange the like letters, and now and now it's just a different name. It's like they electrocuted somebody, and whatever sound they made, they turned into his name. <laughs> but he came out, and he's I guess like the Goro of this whole thing. Oh, so yeah. Shane Sung over here on the mic, Shana White is running this this UFC MMA thing. Uh, he's out here, never shuts up on the mic. Ending matches as soon as someone like takes a you know takes a knee to the head or something. He was randomly stopping matches. The whole thing felt like they hadn't rehearsed it. Like Saturday Night Live feels more professional and more like clean and and rehearsed than this did. They it, it, randomly Shane's like they had they had go go dancers in the corner. We yeah, randomly had about? like we had like sexy go go dancers. They were like 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 all of a sudden they would cut to like this camera that was leeringly shooting these go-go dancers who were randomly in the corner. And by the way, it was also obvious, not only by the fact that they showed us the outside of the door that led to this room, but it was obvious by everything on the back walls that Shane had essentially set up a CD ring inside the performance center and then (laughs) was holding these quote-unquote underground matches in the... Ready? In the fucking performance center. No, you weren't ready. No. Oh my god. It was it was cheesy. It was goofy. It was poorly produced. They shot it like they were on Adderall. Like it was like the the, the cuts were all like even for Kevin Dunn were all over the place. Uh it, it just looks it looked terrible. It felt terrible. They're like it felt random. It felt like they thought it up that day, which they may have. We had reports that they were scrambling for stuff at the last minute. It, it felt out of nowhere. It, and it felt like one of those things that WWE does when it's desperate is let's do something absolutely bananas. Let's do it. And yep. screw it. We'll see if it sticks. I, I got to read some tips. Uh, we're, we're getting oh, behind. Uh, and okay. then I'm going to weigh in. 
Okay. Yeah. Take a breath. Uh, Jacob threw Fiverr in there. Thank you, sir. Said Thank if I had a dollar for every jump cut during the Raw Underground segments, I'd be set for life. Also, congrats on moving to Twitch. I'm st- well, I'm still twitching because of yeah. those cuts. So Thank yes. you, Jacob. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you. Uh, Kyle next with a Fiverr says, highlights of Raw Underground, Hurt Business, and Eric looking like his old war machine form. I'll come back to that. <laughs> Bring in it just back. a moment. Bring it back. Uh, thank you very much, Kyle. Also, Costanza78. I think that's Chris. Uh, gave us a fiver. Says, first rule of Raw Underground. No talking about already, Raw Underground. We already broke it. We already broke <laughs> that yeah, rule. I'm we're sorry. Gonna, we're going to break that rule all night. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Chris. And uh, Kyle, again, sneaking in with another buck. He said, uh, Davo Kato, a.k.a. Let's give a wrestler a Mortal Kombat name. Just and, and, throw Mortal Kombat there somewhere. And I guess the girls were there for Kevin Dunn to leer at on jump cuts. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. It's all they were there for. It's like, oh, my God. Now, <laughs> you've course. gone over, and I 100% agree with everything you said. You've gone over the the sort of like the main thrust the ending of it we'll get to in a second how they ended well the whole thing, we'll, end, we'll get to that but i if there was ever a time <laughs> where you could bring back brock lesnar and have him come out with a babatunde in a challenge and you were going to reinsert brock lesnar into something that is the no. only no. redeeming thing that no. I could see out of this is that he comes in and he just starts murdering dudes in his old shoot fight UFC ways. But beyond that, this I, I have zero skeptical optimism about this. It's all just like I'm sitting here watching the clock going, well, let's this talk can't about go that. on very long. Let's talk about that because this was obviously done for the ratings. This was done. To, this, is, this is a classic WWE move. Let's do something crazy, spike the ratings, make everybody happy, and then we'll go back to normal. They've been doing it constantly for the last few years, and really, like, aggressively, blatantly so. Um, and also, they've been doing something that is starting to grate on me a little bit, which I, which I mentioned before, which is take the piss out of themselves. Right. And that's something they did a, a few times on the show t- this time, where they kept they had people coming over to the announcers and screaming at them, what kind of amateur business are we running here? Um with the mics going out and everything and Sasha and Bailey complaining about um, what a terrible company, what, what kind of company are we running here? Um, it felt very much like, like WWE got Vince, Stephanie, Shane and Triple H back in the ring and said, we're sorry guys. We understand we're here for you. The fans, you are the other member of creative here. You're the other member of WWE and we're going to make this all for you. Remember when they did that? Remember when they did that? And the only thing that they changed was that they stopped doing rematches after pay-per-views for a little bit. It's like a short time. It's This is a similar sort of thing. Spike yeah. the ratings in a short period of time, make the investors happy, and then we'll come back to it later. Yeah. Um, we brought up before consistency. We have to talk about the fact that this is not something that I think is viable in the long term. This is something where you you bring up Brock Lesnar. I think that's at one I, I, on the one hand, uh-oh. Ian, come back. You're frozen on derp face. <laughs> Yay, Skype. <laughs> Hang tight, guys. Yeah. Skype's uh, being a brat. We'll get Ian back here in a second. Come on. You can do it. And Oh, you're back. And I'm back. Yes, all right. Shabam. Bam. 
Sorry about that. Okay. The hurricane got me. Yeah. <laughs> but coming back in now, saying Brock Lesnar, interesting idea. I think it would be ultimately a terrible idea because he would just destroy everybody the way they've been booking him. This is something where they're trying to show off new guys, show off a new attitude, show off a new side of WWE, I guess, except that it's not sustainable with the rest of their programming. What is this going to accomplish? Are you trying to show us new sides of wrestlers like Eric, like Dolph Ziggler? Because if so, we didn't spend enough time on that to really establish that. Are you trying to show us more about their characters? Because that's not what's happening. If you're trying to get over Baba Tunde finally, and this is your way of doing it, an intriguing start to it, but that's a whole lot to do to just get over one guy. The other thing that they did was end all of this with the Hurt Business coming in. They had a very frustrating night. We'll get to how that happened. But they came in at the end of the show. Uh, you had you had all three of them, Lashley, MVP, and Shelton Benjamin. They all came in and murdered everybody, beat up everybody who was around. Babatunde was already gone. Sorry, Dabakato was already gone. They beat up everybody. Dio Madden jumped in and got wrecked by the other member of the Minnesota stretching crew, which is kind of ironic. Last time we saw him, he was getting killed by Brock Lesnar. Right. They destroyed everyone who was standing ringside and stood in the ring and said, underground belongs to the Hurt Business now. And Shane said, that's cool. Anything goes here on the Hurt Business or on the, on the underground. Which made me stop and go, okay, is your plan to have MVP's Hurt Business running an underground fight club in the back of Raw? Kind of like the way we have the ninjas just randomly are there every once in a while on Raw. It just happens to exist in the kayfabe world of Raw, and it just we're just going to have that for a little bit. Yeah, it'd be like because a KO so, show or a moment of bliss. We're gonna now we're gonna have the right. Hurt Business Fight Club, which is it, it's intriguing, but at the same time, I don't see it paying off. The underground yeah, thing not- is intriguing to me to the extent that it gives uh, uh, unknown talent opportunities. But if you're gonna have sure. Uh, Bobby Lashley, almost said Bobby Fish. If you're gonna have Bobby Lashley and Shelton Benjamin and MVP just come in there and murder everybody, it defeats the whole purpose of that. Uh, this is that's what, right. So I was in the opposite side of it, where I was just like, "No, don't do this. You're tearing it down before you even get it off the ground." And that's kind of what I was saying. With you have people who are real shoot fighters in your company, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, they can go out there and actually put on shoot fights like the ones you see. When you go watch Bloodsport, when you go watch Matt Riddle or Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, now currently streaming on Fight TV, shout out to my boy Josh Barnett, you can actually see a real sh- uh, a booked shoot fight in those promotions. That's not what this was. This was the WWE watered-down Saturday morning cartoon Nickelodeon version of that. And it felt like that. And it was, while it was definitely wild and unexpected, uh, in hindsight, I look back at it and go, man, this had better be for some purpose beyond just screw it, we can, let's do it. Uh, and this has better be to get somebody over. Even if one person comes out of this over as a result, I'll consider it a win given the fact that I think like right now it's the Hindenburg and, and someone up there is about to light a cigarette. It's going down. <laughs> yeah, so... Are you as talking about Raw as, Underground being the Hindenburg or Raw itself being the Hindenburg? <laughs> is Raw Underground the, the match? Raw is Germany, and, and Raw Underground is the, is the Hindenburg. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. So, and we're at the beginning of World War II, so you know what that means. Uh, so bottom line is, my goodness, my goodness, Raw did that, and Shane McMahon was there, and it was just, it was madness. It's really hard to describe that feeling whenever WWE goes off the deep end and does something so crazy when you just sit there and go, what are you doing? 
what are you doing? Yep. But that's what it was. But that's not all that they did on the show. Now, that being said, we did have some moments of sanity, some calm, some, some normalcy to the show. We opened the show with Apollo Crews finally getting his U.S. title uh, shot against MVP. It was supposed to happen. at The horror showed Extreme Rules, but it didn't because we don't really know. Apollo may have gotten COVID or been exposed to someone who had it. He wasn't able to be there. Kayfabe said it was because he got, a, he got his neck tweaked by Bobby Lashley's full Nelson. We finally got a rematch. Before we uh, before we get too much further, I do want to catch up on some some tip jars real quick. Let's uh, do it. Will James with ten bucks at the tip jar. Thank you very much, Will. It might not be long term, but if they can turn this into good story for the hurt business and give some people something new to do, I'll give it a chance. Yeah. Yep. I'm I'm, I'm with Agreed. you, but it's like Agreed. I'm barely barely skeptically it. optimistic that they're going to be able to do that. Thank you, Will. Yep. Uh, Kyle again with two bucks. Thank you, sir. Uh, Dio Madden has worse luck with gophers than the groundskeeper in Caddyshack. Woo! Hey-o! Hey-o! <laughs> well said. Hello. Well played, sir. I like that. All right. So, uh, U.S. title match. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was... Th- unfortunately for me, I'm a production perfectionist, and the the jarriness, uh, like the very first thing being the lights going out and flickering and mic issues and headset problems and the commentary not really telling us what anything that was going on other than, oh, well, weather's coming we through. seem to be having some technical difficulties. Weather seems to be coming through. Meanwhile, I'm in North Carolina and the actual hurricane's hitting me. <laughs> it's long since left Florida. You want some weather? I've got some weather for you up here. Yeah, so, I got you. Weather. Anyway, uh, the, 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 this whole thing was so jarring that I, I almost lost interest in the Apollo and, and MVP match for the title, for the actual real who's the real champion kind of thing. But it was a really good match for what it was. I liked the sure. I liked that it was pl- pro- just plotting and methodical, and it, it just went through the paces. Hard hitting. It was hard hitting. Uh, I liked the way it finished. I, I yeah. liked that uh, there was no real interference or anything going on. I, I liked this, which is which is saying something considering that that MVP had two guys ringside, yeah. and it was just it was the ending was Apollo like just manning up through his moves and just and powering out of a move and putting MVP into that power bomb, the sit out power bomb, and one two three, and then escaping the ring before Lashley could get him. Uh, it was great, and then he got cut backstage because a great babyface promo about how you know I'm going to hang this U.S. title uh, that I originally won in my kids' room at home because I want them to see the first title I won in WWE, and I'm going to hold on to this beautiful title that MVP made that he had made because <laughs> thanks P, and he walks off. Mwah, great stuff. And honestly, let's let's call a spade a spade. Apollo is one of the few quote new stars that WWE is actually doing a fairly good job of building yeah. right now. Now, whether that stays is the question because, again, consistency, right? They were building Ricochet for a while. They were building Ali for a while. You saw what happened to them. They're building Cedric for a hot second. Will they stay behind Apollo? Because they need to. You can't just get them the U.S. title and then, ah, they're not working out in two months and drop them because that's not how you build new stars. But apparently they don't know that there. Um so right now it's fingers crossed. He's got a rematch with MVP at SummerSlam, and I think it's all hinging on that. If he retains there, I think that is a sign they truly do believe in Apollo and they want to put some rockets on him. And MVP and the Hurt Business can go do whatever they're going to do with Underground or anywhere else that they have beef, whatever. But if 
I mean, the only thing I can think is because MVP did come out at the beginning of this match with with the Shelton Benjamin, and they stood at the top of the ramp. Both of them champions. One, you know, obviously whatever nominal champions, but still champions. And then Lashley's music hits, and they all walk down to the ring to Lashley's music. The one guy who doesn't have a title. So that says to me that they're thinking about Lashley in the future. Does that mean Apollo versus Lashley after SummerSlam? Because if so, that would be a logical next step. Yep. Um, or unless they're going to take it off of Apollo and have the Hurt Business back being the U.S. champion, like around, circling around that, which I think will hugely undercut Apollo's rising star. Well, later MVP is seen backstage. Uh, Charlie Caruso is seen backstage reporting on the box that's tipped over. Yes. And MVP cuts in and goes, this this is really what you're talking about? Why don't you talk about Apollo Crews stealing the U.S.? So we're now we're setting up a rematch yeah. at SummerSlam for MVP again. Meanwhile, meanwhile, he's back at doing Hurt Business in the Fight Club thing, Kumite. Yep. Hey, can, you, can we shout out this one thing, though, Nick? What? You know, what's one thing that you love for a heel to be? A dick heel in a suit. There was three of them standing tall at the end of Raw. Yeah. Can we throw that out there? Yeah. You had three dick heels in a suit at the end of Raw. So there you go, buddy. Yeah. You're wrestling. Yeah. Hashtag Moo Wrestling. Uh, but that being said, none of them had titles by the end of Raw because Shelton Benjamin, someone stole his 24-7 championship belt somewhere in the middle of Raw, and that someone was R-Truth, who then ran off with it and ended up getting put into a, a three-way 24-7 championship match. R-Truth, Shelton Benjamin, and Akira Tozawa, randomly. And uh, this was pretty much what you'd expect. Truth getting his ass beat by Shelton. Shelton getting all of a sudden distracted by Tozawa, kicking Tozawa's ass, getting distracted again by all the ninjas who attacked the Hurt Business. And then Tozawa sneaks a win on R-Truth and runs off with a belt. Tozawa is your new 24-7 champion, and Shelton doesn't have a belt. So now you can see why the Hurt Business was so frustrated by the time the show ended, and they had to go back and take it out on all the Raw Underground. But was this a way but, to get all the belts off of Hurt Business so they could do, go do Raw Underground, and Apollo Crews moves on and does something else with the U.S. title? That's that's where my head's going. Is like, is, Was this a gr- elegant way to get them doing something else? Elegant is a strange word to use sure. for that, but I think that if, yeah, if Apollo retains at SummerSlam and you move Hurt Business on, then yes. That being said, I like having Hurt Business with a bunch of titles on them. Yeah. So, I don't know. I kind of see both sides of that here. That being said, I don't think we can argue Hurt Business is one of the best things on Raw right now. Yep. Has been for a while. Hands down. Hands down. MVP is killing it. That's an awesome faction. That's an awesome faction. And there's a lot they can do with them. So, and it's nice to see Shelton getting used again. It's nice to see Lashley getting used properly. It's nice to see MVP having a late career resurgence is an understatement. Yeah. And he's killing it. He's almost single-handedly saved Raw in the last three months. Well, he's not the only one because I also really like Drew McIntyre as champion. Yeah. And Randy Orton has also been having a late career resurgence that's been absolutely monstrous. And they're heading into a feud. And we had Drew McIntyre come out to air his grievances with Randy Orton because last week we went to, to the end of the, end of the show with Drew McIntyre eating an RKO out of nowhere. So this week he came out to say, you know what? I should have seen it coming, Randy. I know it comes out of nowhere, but you warned me. I didn't take you seriously. It'll never happen again, Randy, Randall, Randall, Keith Kennedy, Callenback, Kardashian, Orton, <laughs> you know. Kyle with another so, two bucks in the tip jar. Oh. Says we're talking about boxes. Not a match. Not a match. We're talking about boxes. 
Thank you, Kyle. Yep. Yep. That's what that's what MVP was saying to Charlie. Yep. Like great reporting. I, I had you call to, this journalism. I had, the, <laughs> I had the title stolen from me because of flickering lights, and you're talking about boxes. You could be talking about Shane McMahon's the fact that he's taken over a corner of the PC and like blown a bunch of smoke in there and hired strippers to dance. Sorry, go-go dancers. Excuse me. On the side of the room with like two purple lights on them and like lit the room horribly and thrown a bunch of sepia filters over some cameras in there and he's running what he calls the underground fight club. You can't report on that. You're reporting on boxes. Yeah, a box, a box that tipped over. Like it didn't even fall. Right. It didn't break. It just like tipped over like a trash can. And and and, and it was a bunch of of uh, uh what do you call them? Like ties, like pole ties. Were there clamps? It's a bunch of clamps. Yeah, it's a bunch of gaffer lighting equipment. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Thank you, Kyle. Well, that's, well, I mean, obviously obviously their mics are run by gaffer, gaffer equipment. All right. Chris, uh, with Fiverr in the tip jar, thank you, sir. Hurt Business is single-handedly carrying Raw. Uh, I agree with what Ian just said. Drew and Randy are, uh, are also up there. picking it up and putting it on their shoulders, especially with Edge out. Uh, and other things happen. So there's a lot of other extraneous things that are going on. But yeah, for the most part, and it's MVP since he came back at Royal Rumble. I remember the T, like the spoiler, like uh, somebody took a picture and it's MVP, and I just went, really, MVP? Yeah, I remember having that reaction a couple nights before the Rumble. Like, really? Well, he came back and then he retired and then he showed up once or twice on Raw. Right. We were like, "Oh, MVP, <laughs> hey buddy, <laughs> that, welcome." That was to our that was cute. Uh, that was thank cute. you for okay, joining cool. us as a legend. Right in, up in the sunset in the yeah. Royal Rumble. Uh, enjoy your retirement. Wait, this came out of nowhere for all of us. And I ate a murder of crows on that one. Yeah. That was uh, <laughs> totally shocking, right. amazing, but awesome. Thank you, Chris. Just like, awesome, just like this Drew Drew McIntyre promo where he pretty much said all of the normal talking points. Randy said that had everything handed to him. I grew up a poor kid in Scotland, a country of five million people, and I dreamed of this, and no one said it was possible. And then I got to WWE, and it all came true. And you know, because I had to work for it, but Randy got handed to it. It was like his plan B or C or D. Um, but it wasn't until Drew McIntyre brought up the fact that in the like Randy treated everyone like crap, and in fact he had people in the back cleaning up his literal crap. <laughs> That that finally brought Randy out because apparently he doesn't like it being brought up that he allegedly crapped in the bag of Rochelle Lowen or Amy Weber. I can't believe they went here. <laughs> I was it was pretty hilarious. It's actually been disproven. Uh, Rochelle did come out and say that he actually just threw like baby oil and tanning lotion into her bag, like he just filled it with that. He didn't actually crap in it. Um, but Amy Weber apparently he did actually crap in her bag. That's it's all apocryphal. It's never been actually proven. But multiple multiple people have said it sounds like something he would do, which I think is the most telling thing of all. <laughs> like whether or not he did that, he did enough other things back in the day that you'd believe that he would do that. No, Randy, Randy, so Randy, he, keep keep your hands out of your pants, please. Just I'm, yeah, right. I'm just trying to talk to you right now. Just just right. <laughs> I'm not here to shake your hand, Randy. Exactly. Well, that was really good. Trust me, I don't want to. <laughs> Nobody does. Uh, because it's <laughs> because it smells like yak breath. Because <laughs> you haven't washed down there, have you, Randy? Uh, out comes Randy to go. Whoa, 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 Drew. Why don't you say something original? Everyone always calls me out for this crap. We're beyond that. I'm a legend, and you can't touch me because I'm a legend at this point. I kick off people's heads, and I'm I am what I am. What are you gonna do? Say something new. Say something no one's ever said about me. 
And Drew obliged. He said, you know what? Everything everyone said about you, and there's one piece of crap thing about you that no one's brought up, and it's the fact that you, in the Undertaker's Last Ride documentary, said you were so grateful for guys like Taker coming along and raising up guys like you, telling you how you should be, and they were being a locker room leader. And you know what? Now it's your turn. You were in that position where you could have been a locker room leader, and you weren't. Have you ever helped out a guy like Kevin Owens? Have you ever helped out a guy like Ricochet or Ali or anyone like that? Did you help me out? When my life was falling apart and I was being fired for good reason because I had my head up my ass and you could have walked me back to the right path, but you didn't. One you kind walk- word from you One would have saved me. One kind word. Right. My mother was passing away. I was losing the job of my dreams. And one kind word from you, Randy, would have done so. This was hot fire. This was – you took something that I thought on paper was a good feud and this was the perfect way to make it really personal. Oh, well, My goodness. I, listen, I agree with Dog Ziggler. If, if you had to whittle it down to one thing. He got fired up about it. I, 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 know, I got fired up. Uh, this was, to me, the one like redeeming factor of last night's Raw. The, this was the one thing, this, this exchange between Randy Orton. And what was Ric Flair doing there? Like He was just kind of a, a side piece there, just kind of window dressing. But he, he had really nothing to do with any of this other than you know Drew calling him out. Saying that uh, you've you've had people like him carrying you the whole time. You're you're only where you are because you're a second generation superstar and all yeah. these. Other, but Drew coming out with just the absolute fire promo for me was the one thing. Yep. That I got a, you got a lot of receipts coming, and you're gonna see them coming. Hell, I'm I'm sold. Give me the match tomorrow. I'm done. Okay, we're cool. We're there, and we've got three more weeks to go. And they've got plans on how to get us there, and they involve Ric Flair. Um, so let's talk about that real quick. But to get there, let's talk about another segment on the show. Okay. The Kevin Owens show, which started off with the Iconics wanting to be on it and Kevin in the back saying, uh, no, I've already I yeah, nah. ahead of times. Yeah, nah, nah, yeah, nah. <laughs> Ooh, uh, uh, I've already got, a, I've already got guests yeah. planned. I plan these things. So no Iconics, you can't be on there. Goes out to the ring, brings out Ruby Riot and says, Ruby, tell me what's going on. She says, well, I, everyone knows I've had a rough time most of this year since I came back. Singles run has not gone as well as I'd liked. Uh, tried to reach, you know, I finally got a win, and I tried to reach out to someone who I'm trying to make up to, uh, and I, I can't get through to her. Um, which, of course, which, of course, refers to Liv Morgan. Yeah. And this long-awaited Riot Squad reunion that we've been seeing coming for months now. And Kevin Owens brings out Liv Morgan, and the two of them get face-to-face in the ring, and they get emotional. Like, Liv ends up crying. Ruby ends up crying. Ruby's saying, like, you know what? I screwed up. I messed up. Um, you know, take me back kind of thing. Let's be tag team partners again. And the great thing about this, too, is Kevin Owens, you know, starting off this whole thing by saying, hold on, Liv. Hear Ruby out because I've also been a dick and lost friends in my career because of my actions. I wish I could get some of that back. Maybe see if you guys can fix this. It was all right, cool. You know what? It was a little nice, little dramatic moment. I once turned on my best friend in NXT and power apron power bombed him after he'd won the championship. So I mean, you I, know, yeah, my I, first night, right. my first night in NXT. <laughs> Literally the first thing I did in this company. So maybe listen to what your friend so has to say. Yeah. I know exactly what you're going through right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's a nice dramatic moment. Both yeah. ladies are crying. It gets it gets pretty intense. And then right as Ruby's or, or uh, lives about to tell Ruby, you know what she thinks. The Iconics oh, music iconic. hits. Yeah, and they come out. Everyone's just like, oh, for Christ. Kevin Owens like, I didn't ask them on the show. 
Uh, they come out, make fun of Ruby and Liv. Liv and Ruby say, well, you know what? We're not iconic, but we know how to start a riot. Riot Squad reunites. The Iconics get mad at Kevin Owens for talking smack to them and saying that the, uh, he wishes that the uh, technical difficulties would happen to their mics so that they wouldn't have to hear him anymore. They both slap Kevin Owens. He turns around, tells Liv and Ruby, could you ladies help me out? They attack the Iconics. We get a match, and the match ends up pretty quickly with Liv uh, rolling up Billy Kay for the one, two, three, and the Riot Squad is ultimately reformed. Now, we've been waiting for this for a long time. Yep. Did it take too long? Did this pay it off? What did you think about this segment? I liked it for some logistical reasons. Uh, now that we're splitting up seemingly Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, uh, we're going to need another women's tag team to uh, go get those belts off of Bailey and Sasha. Um, I, it was kind of a no-brainer to put them back together. I still wish I understood what the idea was to make Liv a dominatrix bisexual or lesbian character that was having an affair with Lana as she was getting married to Bobby Lashley while divorcing Rusev. Ah! Just that was that was raw underground from eight months ago. I, I basically. guess it was the same. Boy, it was, I, it was raw. Like, Let's do it something was, crazy. It was like raw, like a rash on my skin. Um, the, <laughs> but Liv is still <laughs> doing that same. She's still got the blonde hair. She's still got the uh, the sort of patent leather dominatrix kind of outfit thing going on is she still that character is she going to come back as the sort of harley quinn-esque playful Liv morgan or i that's that's what i'm curious about it doesn't seem that way it seems like she's more serious ruby's more serious and that's good we need another woman's tag team we need a serious woman's tag sure. team i think that they they did take a little bit long. I feel like they dragged it out a little bit. They did, you know, it, everything in WWE, you never know if they're actually going to land the plane on it. And all they need is one week to just do it. And they drag things out. When is the appropriate time? Well, this is the, this is the week where they threw everything at the wall. So, all right, let's bring the riot squad back to you. Let, let's just do it. Yeah. Um, so they did. And honestly, I thought, it, like, if this were just a regular Raw, if not all the other Goonies shit had been going on, I would have looked at this and been like, yeah, okay, that was good. Yeah. Cool. I, I liked the emotions. I liked uh, the way it all worked out. Them facing the Iconics is a logical booking yep. step. So make it a, make it a contenders. Cool. Uh, give them a tag team women's tag team match at SummerSlam. Yeah. You, give it a solid. We beat. got two we, we got two weeks to set that up, and that's that's plenty yep. of time to set something like that up. Uh, real quick, Kyle with another two bucks in the tip jar. Thank, Thank you, you very much, sir. Yeah. Says give Ruby Riot the damn Oscar, Emmy, Tony, Grammy, Streamy, whatever this wrestling show qualifies for. Damn it. And live for that matter, for sitting there not saying a word and just having tears streaming mm -hmm. down her face the entire yeah. time. And let's call a spade a spade. If you listen to everyone talk on the show, giving promos, people that are normally very solid at promos, I think only Kevin Owens was the one who really felt organic and natural because that's his like one of his greatest strengths is being able to do that. Right. But a lot of people were obviously struggling to remember their lines because the script was written so close to the show. It's like people that were normally much better in promos were struggling. You could tell that they were like, they were waiting to think of words and think of phrases that they had to say. Um, you can always tell on soap operas where people get the scripts very late. That's, it felt like that on this show. And Ruby came out and her first stuff with Kevin in the ring where she was explaining her history felt very kind of stilted. But yes, once she got into that, that promo to live, it was fantastic. Awesome. It was very good stuff. Yep. So yeah, this is one, this is one of the highlights the high spots of Raw. Definitely. I felt. Thank you, Kyle. But that being said, after all this, Kevin Owens gets confronted in the back by Ric Flair, 
who says, you know, Kevin, just a little bit of personal, you know, professional advice here. I feel like you're being counselor too much, not focusing on your career. And Kevin Owens says, that's, that's really funny. That's rich coming from you, Rick. Why don't you have your boy, Randy Orton, because you're in his corner. Why don't you have him face me next week? We'll see how my career is doing. So that made me both intrigued and nervous because Randy Orton has been built as one of the strongest guys in WWE right now. They're building him for Drew McIntyre. He's got to look strong. Uh, he's kicking people's heads off. I don't see, I see him killing Kevin Owens. But if so, what does that accomplish? Because they obviously, they've, they've got a lot of love for Kevin Owens. They want to do stuff with Kevin Owens. How does having him get murdered by Randy Orton, which is what this is looking like, uh, unless they've got some other plan here, like something about his, you know, what he's saying about his career, if he's got to reevaluate his career, if this is a long-term idea that they have with Kevin Owens' character, fingers crossed. Again, I don't trust that. Do you feel this is just a one-off, we're going to murder Kevin Owens and then do something else with him? What do you think is happening here? If I'm, if I'm thinking way outside the box, I'm thinking there's a possibility that Randy could get another, he, he could take the belt off of Drew at SummerSlam. There, there is an opportunity beyond that if that does happen. And I'm saying if. I, I'm not cons- convinced that's even a possibility yet. Um, it's certainly a possibility, but it's very. I'm not there yet. But beyond that, if that were to happen, Kevin Owens would make a logical next opponent for Randy. And Kevin is a Kevin is a championship contender. He he is of that caliber. We we've seen him hold many titles. In, in WWE. So maybe it's a way to set up the next feud. Maybe it's a way to set up something looking long-term. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As if we would ever do that on Monday Night Raw. But uh, That's no, what I'm worried about. Yeah, I'm thinking about, like, what's the, what's the long play here for Kevin Owens? Is he coming out, Is he going to come out and be a, you know, a, a sacrifice for Randy Orton to, to make him look more... Be- like, Randy Orton doesn't need a sacrifice to look more believable to go get Drew McIntyre. Yeah, he just murdered Big Show and murdered Edge. Like, he's... Right. Well, he's believable. I, be- he, I believe that he can go Drew take McIntyre. it off of Drew yeah. McIntyre at some Sure, I, of anybody on Raw right now, he and Bobby Lashley are the two guys you look at and go they could face Drew McIntyre, especially the way Drew's been built. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, what it, I'm, I'm trying to parse what the purpose of this is. And if it's just Kevin Owens gets murdered by Randy Orton and then has to reevaluate his career, I am not, I can't say that I'm too happy about that. I don't think that's the best move for Kevin Owens' character because I know they don't have a long-term plan for that, like you just said. I also feel like I'm, we've been I've here before. money they don't. I'm getting deja vu with... Kevin Owens, Randy Orton. I just feel like we've we've done all this already. With not them. since 2015. I don't think yeah, they've had it's a few. been a few years. Yeah, uh, Chris, 1978 while. got himself a BWO logo sticker. I did not see Nick Guard one fly in, and I apologize for that. Uh, let me know if you guys did see it, but mm. uh, I might have to fix something after the stream tonight. So thank you very right. much, Chris. I'll I'll make sure that uh, that that does come up. And Kyle actually mentioned something in the chat. I want to talk about okay. real quick. They did have they did have Owens making regretful comments about friends he's betrayed in the past, right, on this show. Sami Zayn's been out for a while. We don't right. know what he's doing. He's, he's, he's been holed up because he's, of his concerns about the pandemic, supposedly. Could this be an angle for Sami to, to come back with Kevin and have that be going forward, what they're going to do next? Because we, we do need more tag teams. Or is Sami going to come back on SmackDown and go back into the uh, Intercontinental title hunt? 
That's a quite. It's it's just who knows, but it's just throwing that out there. I thought that was a good point Kyle brought up over there. Very in the chat. very good. Uh, who wouldn't love another proper like if we could somehow bring Sammy back and introduce him into this, or do we do we go back to could they potentially be a tag team? You know, some, yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, they. Lord knows they've tagged a lot. They've before. got history, so. so I'm not mad at that. No. Uh, that being said. People with no friends, Seth Rollins. I wouldn't call Murphy a friend. I'd call him an acolyte. He's still looking at his phone and watching himself push Alistair's eyeball into the stairs and, and be terrified by his own actions. He seems a little bit shaken by the whole thing. Seth has a very cold, scary certainty of purpose, and that purpose is to go out and rip Tom Phillips a new a-hole. Huh? Seth gets into the ring and starts saying, you know, it's that happened last week when that little runt Dominic got on my case, started hitting me, beating me up with a kendo stick. You, Tom Phillips, he goes over to the announce table. You were laughing and saying it was a great thing and encouraging him, weren't you? And, you know, by encouraging him, you're actually causing damage to me. And by causing damage to me, you're actually damaging the greater good. And as the voice of Raw, you are actually an integral part of the greater good because you communicate to the audience what they're seeing. And if you're not on my side, then you're in my way. And if you're in my way, then I've got to kill you. Yeah, Murphy, take him. Remember At when which, I remember when I said that part about how uh, the Drew McIntyre promo was like the one redeeming factor. Mm-hmm. What you're about to say next was also one for for this show. Seth Rollins very coldly staring at Tom Phillips and slowly getting more and more threatening, and Tom getting like peeing his pants more and more right. as this goes on, and then Murphy finally like as when Seth commands him to, Murphy comes over and goes to move past Samoa Joe, who very calmly stands up, unbuttons his jacket, and says in that low, calm voice, you never want to hear from a man of Joe's size and disposition, um, uh-uh, boys, that isn't going to happen. That's not how this is going to go down. <laughs> and then proceeds to do the most Joe thing ever and... By the way, the, the fact that this guy has never been given his full potential in WWE is a goddamn crime because of this segment right here. But it was one of my favorite Joe moments in WWE so far. Him looking straight at Seth, not even looking at Murphy, but pointing right in Murphy's face to his left. Like his finger was inches from Murphy's face, but staring straight at Seth, staring just cold straight at Seth and saying, now you can get back in the ring and say what you came out here to say. Or I can slap you on the lips and then let you watch while I beat down your little boy over here. The choice is yours. But you're not getting my broadcast partner. Right. Oh, Joe. <sighs> Joe. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. He's, we've talked before on the show about believability. How there's, there's people that you see and, like, and they may be killers in real life. right? Dolph Ziggler, we brought him up early in the show. The dude is a legit, terrifying amateur wrestler. Right, like if you were to get on a mat with that dude, he'd rip you apart. He'd rip you apart. Yeah. But we never think of him that way because he doesn't. He isn't presented that way. He doesn't present himself that way. Right. We don't think of Dolph as being legit. Joe, I think of Dolph himself, as being legit. I think of Dolph as being legit, but I don't. I, it's not emotionally. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't think Dolph oh, Ziggler sure. immediately go, "Oh, that dude's a badass." I have to think about it for a second. Right. It's not my immediate perception. My immediate perception of Joe is that's a bad man. And this is why, is stuff like this. 
because he can look you in the face and tell you he's going to slap you and then your mama. And you're like, I really actually, I, you know, I'm going to back off now. And that's what Seth and Murphy did. They backed off into the rim, grabbed, grabbed a couple chairs, and Joe's like, cool, let's go. Took off his jacket, started to come into the ring, tried to get in there, but he didn't have to because out came Dominic with a kendo stick from behind, beat up both Seth and Murphy, beat the crap out of them, sent them packing up the ramp, uh, threw a huge old uh, splash on the outside on them too, 619 on Seth, which Seth no-sold. Um, right. But Seth at the top of the ramps is well, fine. He, he rolled over on his back and threw his legs up in the air, like almost like the Rock taking a stunner. He, he that's that's he, taking the move. That's not selling is selling is afterwards where you're hurt right. from the move. All right. But he anyway. Seth at the top of the ramp says, "Yes, I okay, fine. You want to match at SummerSlam? You got it, Dominic. We're getting Dominic and Seth at SummerSlam. That's the end of this whole segment. Which that was that was, that was the end of Raw. That was the end of Raw. There was more on Raw, which we'll get to. But well, sure." That was the that was the end of Raw, and then we went to uh, to Raw Underground. But um, so we have to sit. I got to sit here and think. Nick, is this what Rey Mysterio wanted? Was his son to have a match at WWE? And if so, will he resign to get it? Because I don't. I haven't heard that he signed yet. We haven't seen him. Like we don't know. Well, I mean, we're even. We've even speculated that Cody might be circling uh, over over Rey Mysterio. So I, you know, he's worked in every other company in the world. Why not AEW as well? So maybe there's some thoughts there for Ray, you know. I supposedly they threw they they're like, yeah, we know he's working with WWE, but you know we we're, we're sitting here with an offer. I I'll be shocked if AEW didn't make Ray a, a significant offer as well. Yeah. Sig- Just to be able to have him in their alumni catalogs, <sighs> merch, all of that stuff. Can you imagine? Yes. Them going, hey, we got Ray Mysterio. That would be huge for him. And he comes out with the Lucha Brothers. Well, I don't know if they're breaking up Death Triangle just yet. But I'm yes. not going to be satisfied until Dominic comes out in a, in a Lucha mask and a cape. I know you're not because you have that booking in your head. Listen. <laughs> they, they listen. Uh, oh, my God. WWE, how We're doing? just going to get Dominic in a sweatshirt the same way he came out as with Brock. Just have Dominic is actually real. Like let's 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 give the boy some props. He is lightning in that ring. He's got a great physicality. Don't ever let him speak on a mic. Yeah. That sounds like this. I I really I uh, I don't like Seth. He saw what he did to my dad, and I he's not I, Chris from Family Guy. He kind of is. <laughs> he kind of is a little bit. Uh, I I really wasn't happy with how Seth treated my dad. Dad, no, your eye, your poor eye. But he he gets in the ring and he's great. So all right, color me intrigued for this match. Yeah. Uh, I just else. wonder if, is it was that Joe thing? Was that just like throwing it at the wall and seeing if it stuck, or are we thinking Joe might get physical again? Not sure. Because I am way more. I my my nipples are. <laughs> They are fully erect for Joe versus Seth. When, when, I, when I saw the Raw Underground thing, literally one of the first two to three people I thought of was Samoa Joe. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this will be perfect for Joe. Oh, Dude, make it if happen. They, if they do a segment where Joe comes to the announce table and he's like all sweaty and they're like, Joe, where you been? He's like, I just had to get some yayas out, guys. Uh, let's get back to the show. And then they show a clip later, like previously on Raw Underground and Joe's just back there just mauling dudes with forearms. Right. Mm. 
you'll hear a very different tune from me about Raw Underground. There's like, if they're just like randomly a fight club in the back of WWE and you just randomly see dudes just going back there and beating people up for just no reason, what the heck is happening? Uh, <laughs> I mean, take it, take it to eleven. This is what we say about stuff. Yes. If you're gonna do it, invest, go, go take it. I want like dice games in the corner. Let's have some opium dens. Like, let's really turn this into something yeah. that is like an underground. Like, sh- you had Shane Strickland and Dio Madden on Twitter saying they were yeah. putting money on the matches, but like, let's see, like an AEW where you had MJF and Shane, and Shane, uh, uh, or, Sh- or Sean Spears at ringside, like throwing money on matches, like. Just go for it. If you're gonna find, do the, find the old stupid. like tiny Asian dude that had the giant cigar and he had a, he was the one doing all the money, the betting, right? Right. The uh, Rambo doing the the fight in Rambo two with the sticks, the Muay Thai fight, all those just stuff like this. Just Call take it to Bolo eleven. Young. <laughs> Bolo Young's still alive and he still looks great. Get yes. Bolo Young sitting yes. over in the corner like Shang Tsung, just sitting there like nodding every so often. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would be so down for this. Like, every once in a while, he'll, like, flex his boobs. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, speaking of shoot fighters, Shayna Baszler finally got her chance to get into the ring with a champion. She, uh, she got in Sasha's face. Uh, after this made Sasha's, no sense. This was bizarre. Sasha and Bailey were uh, showing another, another video package of how great they were at the end. It cut to Asuka saying, I want revenge for Kyrie," uh, And then they came back and said, oh, well, how did Asuka get on that? That's just BS. Turn around and Shayna Baszler is there saying, uh, I don't feel like waiting in line, Sasha. So here, I got something for you. Puts her, punches her right in the jaw, knocks her to the floor. And later on, we got Shayna versus Sasha in a match, which was actually pretty fun for a while. It was, it was Sasha trying to avoid death for most of the match. Um, and Shayna actually started selling at a certain point. Like the first... Half of the match, I'd say, was Shayna trying to find a way to just destroy Sasha. And the second half was Shayna selling like a WWE babyface waiting for a comeback, which we never got because it ended up with the two of them knocking each other out. And then Asuka runs down to the ring and takes out Bailey, and we have a DQ. Can you explain that to me, Nick? Why I, I, I have no someone outside of the ring causes a DQ for a match. Huh? What? Two people tussling outside of a ring has nothing to do with the two people that are actually in the match. You have They're a, called you have rules, a, WWE. You have, a, you have a sanctioned match going on between two ladies in the ring, Sasha Banks and Shayna Baszler. Neither one of them interacted with either of the people outside. If the two people out... They're how, fucking how is this rules. a DQ? They're rules for a reason. Like, just, it's, you didn't have to. It wasn't much. Like, have them chase each other through the ring and they bump into Sasha or Shayna or something or just any kind of physicality that ends the match. It's not hard. They're rules. You just find a rule to break and then you can call the end of the match and you don't have to have an actual ending between Sasha and Shayna. It's not hard, but you can't just make up rules on the fly. That's how you lose people watching your show when you disobey your own rules. Yeah, that was that was a huge, just huge face palm moment. I, I've got one thing to say about this. Okay. <laughs> Subtle. Just uh, uh, completely unnecessary. Also, 
why, why is Sasha Banks a face now? It wouldn't. I mean, she would have Shayna's Shana, you mean. Shayna was a face. Shayna was a face. Well, wasn't she? Because Sasha's a heel. I didn't see that at all. I don't this was very confusing. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because it, it was a DQ. Sense. And then afterwards, you had Bailey, like you had Shayna and Asuka face off in the ring right after the match. And then Shayna says, Hey, Asuka, I'll be cheering for you in your match against Sasha at SummerSlam. Uh, I really want you to win. I'll be cheering for you the entire time because I want to tear you apart, take the title off of you. This I didn't which, mind so much because I got that she, why throwback. Would she, why would she not be like, I don't care who I take it off of? She's like, okay, I'd rather take it off of Asuka than Sasha? Well, Why yes. would you rather Why? take it off of Asuka than riddle, Sasha? Riddle me this. If you remember, at the end of Asuka's reign, she relinquished the title, and then there was the tournament. So say that! Right. So say that! Right. Tell us that! Let us in! Don't just have us... Like, I, I know a lot of times we say, leave things unsaid, let us figure it out, but like, having no reason, having no hint at it, you know what I mean? There was no... If you're going to have her be so loquacious about the fact that she wants Asuka, specifically Asuka, you could even have her say, like, you know why I want only you or whatever. This just felt awkward. It felt stilted. It felt just out there. Right. Once it, I was able to because move Because we don't know. But half the time, real quick, half the time they don't ever acknowledge NXT history. So why would we start acknowledging it now? Because right? these were two of the longest reigning, the, the two longest reigning women, female uh, NXT superstars. You don't even acknowledge that Drew was an NXT champion in that's, that's true. That's true. So, like, why, why should we suddenly then assume that's why, that's what her motivations are here? Mm. And then you had Sasha Bailey come back out, and Sasha says, we'll tell you what, uh, next week, you know, if you beat Bailey, you can have a match in the SummerSlam. Which was, wait a minute, didn't she just say... She wanted her to beat Sasha. What? So the whole thing was a bit, was a muddled mess. as hell. It was yep. a mess. I, I, the only thing I hope they land on is Shayna versus Asuka versus Sasha. Triple threat. I think it would be the one way to serve all of these masters here. Mm, I, I, I feel like I've been on repeat saying this since last SummerSlam. They, they just need to turn Sasha to Bailey. And the other thing we didn't talk about or we didn't mention was the fact that Sasha now gatekeeped or was a gatekeeper to make Asuka go through Bailey. So Sasha's now booking a match the way Bailey used to book her into matches. And this was an interesting twist. Now that Sasha's got a title, she's doing the same thing to Bailey that Bailey used to do to her. And okay, are are are, are we actually going to start this at some point? Cuz I think those two need to go at each other for something and and draw it out. Like you want you want long term storytelling? There's 27 if video packages you could put together on the history of Sasha Banks and Bailey. But that being said, if that's the long term story they're going for here, which is Bailey was kind of screwing over Sasha at the beginning of their friendship because she had the titles and she was forcing Sasha into these matches, and now Sasha has a title and she's forcing Bailey into these matches, and the tide is turning and Sasha. That's an interesting angle to take. The question is. The consistency. Will yeah. they stick to it? Will that be the story arc that they go for? Or are they falling backwards into these story beats? I, I don't trust that they will. And yes, I think they're stumbling into them. And somebody in the back figured out, ooh, Shayna and Asuka never fought each other because Asuka relinquished the title. Ooh, we could make a story. Out. Yes, you could. But finish one first. <laughs> finish but what you on, started. Not on this Raw. We got to do everything right now. 
everything's got to happen right now, including uh, uh, what Even I can Even neck booking was more consistent. Well, let's not get it crazy here. <laughs> uh, that's because you booked the whole year at once. Right. You didn't, you didn't, if we now, Imagine let's see how Nick, that. Let's see if Nick booking goes week to week and you have to write it two hours before you actually do the show of Nick no, booking. No, they don't have to. Well, I'm he saying, chooses what, imagine to. if you had to, how your booking would have been. Screw it. This week, um, I don't know. Lance Storm comes out of nowhere, and uh, he has he he says that he's finally willing to stop being serious, and he's going to become a comedy character and dresses up like Doink the Clown. And we got Lance Doink is back in WWE. That sounds like Nick Booking to me. But that wasn't the only crazy. Lance angle Doink that we is had. the gobbledygook. Let's just throw Lance, all of Lance it together. Doink versus the gobbledygooker, <laughs> yes. who is secret for the WWE Championship. <laughs> the gobbledygooker who's secretly Big Show. By the yes. way, the biggest yes. turkey you've ever seen in your life. That's like super turkey. That's like the turkey that chased John Denver in the Muppet Christmas Carol uh, or the Muppet Christmas special, whatever it was. Yeah. Was it a holiday special or Muppets, Muppets camping? Muppets I don't know. Christmas I, go back special. I think it was. Right. The big turkey that came out of the trees. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I, I thought I didn't know anyone else knew I, about I love that. Muppets. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. But that wasn't the only crazy thing that happened on Raw. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're not done yet because the tag division also had some crazy crap happen. Uh, Angelo Dawkins. And Angel Garza, mm. who was hitting on some bachelorette chick or bachelor chick. I don't know. I don't watch those shows. Demi, I Demi. have a rose for you. I am Demi. Oh, hello, Demi. You and are a, small and petite and blonde. I have a rose for you as well. And a package. <laughs> a large package <laughs> for you to unwrap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you you like to be on the bachelor. I am the bachelor. I guess I have so much more of everything. I am Angel Garza. Yeah, so uh, he's hitting on this demi chick, and uh, Zelina comes over, hisses at her, which was hilarious. Yeah. And then they go off to have a two for two match, two for one match, I guess, whatever. Two singles matches for these two tag teams that are facing each other at SummerSlam. We got Angela Dawkins versus Angel Garza, and then we're going to have Andrade versus Montez Ford. But Montez doesn't seem to be feeling so well. At the end of Angel Garza and Angelo Dawkins' match, he collapses outside the ring a little bit. And Angelo eats a drop kick to the face and gets he gets pinned by Angel Garza. And then we have Montez versus Andrade. And Montez doesn't seem himself in this match. He's getting beat up by Andrade right and left. He goes to shake the ropes like he does, and he collapses. He eyes roll back in his head, boom, falls over. And in the back, you've got Zelina's crew being interviewed outside the trainer's room. And out comes Dawkins to say, yeah, the, uh, the doctors are saying they might have been poisoned. Poisoned. And out comes Bianca Belair who says, all right, you're going to tell me right now why you poisoned my husband, and if I don't think you're telling me the truth, I'm going to whoop your ass. And Zelina said, I would never do anything like that. And as soon as she starts, Bianca starts taking off her earrings. Uh -uh. (laughs) And jumps her, and we have a big pull-apart brawl. So poison, Nick, poison. We have a poison angle. Poison angle. Does this feel a little bit like Seamus frames Jeff Hardy for drunk driving part two in terms of at least like recent storylines where you have the bad guy like the Seamus never admitted that he put a hit on Jeff Hardy will I mean and and to be fair Zelina and her crew looked genuinely shocked at the whole poison thing so maybe they don't even know the by, by they I mean creative who done it. Maybe there's someone else who done it. Maybe, Maybe it was this mysterious this faction, faction that's running faction. around Molotov cocktailing generators. Right. I would actually, I'm not going to lie, I would prefer that 
to having it be Zelina and her crew. And Agreed. not just because it's kind of a tasteless angle in general, but because that kind of maliciousness will, I think, help sell an incoming anarchist or Antifa or whatever they're doing with this faction style thing uh, more than having all of a sudden Zelina's willing to stoop to poison to try and win a random singles match on Raw. Which, by the way, if that's the angle they're going with, that's the dumbest damn reason I've ever heard. If, if, if they go with Zelina actually poisoned Montez Ford here, or Angel did, or Andrade did, or any of the three of them poisoned him, that's the dumbest damn thing ever because why not do it in the championship match? Yeah. Why do it now and okay. show your hand? It's so stupid. I have to hope that's not what they're going for because this could be an intriguing angle. Again, and this feels like something that was just... Oh, let's have him get poisoned. It's a big whodunit. Who tried to kill Roman Reigns? Who framed Jeff Hardy? Who is the father of Mae Young's hand? We know it's Mark Henry. Right. But the, the question here is, what is their next step? And that's going to be a, 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 big, mm, a big tell as to whether this will be good or not. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I feel bad. I missed one a way back, ways back. Kyle with two bucks in the tip jar says, Joe rolling up into underground like that infamous SmackDown promo, owning Orton, Jeff, Ali, etc. would be epic. Oh, that would be nice. Uh, I, anything to do with Samoa Joe shoot fighting ass. in an underground <laughs> uh, fight club, just put it in just my eye holes. Go watch him versus Necro Butcher, and you'll see what we're talking about. Basically, him just, beating, him just beating up a dude through the crowd the entire time. Thank you, Kyle. Blood everywhere. Yep. Uh, and then there was one. And uh, this is going to be this. this is going to be difficult for me to get through. <laughs> Who gave you that button? Uh, I, I paid very handsomely for it. I I'm, I'm very proud of it. <laughs> really? Yes. Nia Jax. Nia Jax. Okay. Nia Jax comes uh, to the ring. She's, with, she's talking back. She's talking to Pat Buck backstage, and then she comes to the ring, all sullen, all sad, Nick. Who is Pat Buck? Pat Buck's a wrestler. He's been around for a minute. Well, I, I, I know who he is. Oh, okay. They haven't told me who he is. He's no. a, an official. He's we're supposed a, to. We're supposed to just assume he's he's a he's a, a yeah, producer. He's, he's, he's someone who has some sort of business backstage. He likes he's a WWE suits. official. He's uh, a you WWE know, official. That was a very <laughs> nice shade of famine. It's famine. <laughs> It's more like a beach. I don't know. Pink beach. Nia Jax comes to the ring. Pat Buck in tow. He's expecting an apology. He's been told to that he will accompany her to the ring because he is expecting an apology for her vicious assault on him last week. Uh, she is. That is not her intentions. She. 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 Not. She sweaters him. She. She pulls his coat down over his arms and headbutts him. Well, like because, like because she ring. refused, she refused to apologize. He <laughs> said, "You need to go out to the ring, apologize for what you did." Um, and she said, "I actually refuse to apologize. You can kiss my ass. I'm not out of here to apologize to you. I liked what I did. I was do it again in a heartbeat." And Pat Buck's like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "Yeah, what are you going to do about it? Have a match with me right now, Pat." And he goes, "I don't want to have a match with you." She's like, "Well, here, say something then. I want to have a match with you. What are you going to say?" And Pat Buck takes the mic and goes, "Well, Naya, um, you're suspended without pay." And she goes, "You can't." You can't grabs him and as you said, sweaters him and headbutts him so hard that her makeup smears over about three fourths of his shoulder. Because uh, that's where his head is. And he goes, That's, that's 
Just go with it, Nick. Okay. Right. Uh, and then he rolls out of the ring and she stands in the ring screaming about that. So Nia Jax spent without pay for laying her hands on Pat Buck in that Shayna scuffle from a week ago. Suspended without pay. Are we seeing Nia going rogue? Will Nia end up in Raw Underground? God. All I know, Nick, is here we now have what I feel to be an interesting story with Nia. That's an in- look. All right. Where are we going with this? Nia is suspended without pay. Is Nia going to go rogue? I'll certainly grant you that it's better than an Alexa Bliss and Mickey James bullying angle. That's what I'm saying. Like this is which uh, is really right. the last thing that she did of any kind of substance. If I'm if, if I'm remembering, it's been over a year now, maybe it's two years. It's been a few years actually. That was when she faced Alexa at WrestleMania and won, and then turned heel like two months later and became. That was the bully. eighteen. That was twenty eighteen. Yeah. Eww. Ooh. Long time Ew. ago. Kyle with two bucks again in the tip Thank jar. You, Thank you, Kyle. man. Really appreciate Dang. it. This angle with Nia Jax screams WWE is writing her off like they did Big Show or Mark Henry years ago to either or both lose weight, learn how to wrestle safe, or lose her job. We'll see how it plays out, but ding-dong, the witch is dead. They had the opportunity to keep her out after coming back from injury. They yeah, didn't. She was, she was out with nine months of double ACL rehab. Yeah. Like there was, a, there was plenty of opportunity there, and, and I've been through knee surgery rehab, and yeah, you sit on the couch a lot, but then you got to do a lot of rehab, and that's yeah. a lot of cardio and working out. I, 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 I hate to break it to everybody who's hoping that she goes away for a while. I feel like this is a, an angle in which she will come and be disruptive in order to get her job back. I don't think we're going to not see Naya for a while. We might not see her for a week or two, but we, she's gonna, I, I have a feeling, and maybe this is just me being fatalistic, I have a feeling she's going to be back. She'll be back. Naya going to come get us all. So... Don't say bye bye to Nia just yet. I have heard I have heard nothing, no rumors that Nia is going away for a while. Yeah. This to me feels like what are we going to do with Nia? Let's throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. How about she gets suspended without pay and then who knows what their next step is, but my suspicion would be she comes back in and runs wild on the show. Yeah. Just starts disrupting the show until you give me her job my my job back. A la anyone else who's gotten fired over the years, Stone Cold or or uh, Kevin Owens, or anyone else who's lost the job, and this comes back and just comes back arbitrarily and just messes with people. So, just saying, that's what it feels like to me. But that was a very bizarre episode of Raw, Nick. Bizarre, bizarre. is one way of putting it. Bizarre. Um, and again, I think that a lot of the creative stuff was the wrong way to go in terms of if they're if they're trying to do. What Vince said they wanted to try to do, right on the quarter two, uh, on the on the on the call, on their on their their call to all their stockholders, saying, "Hey guys, we want to try to resuscitate our brand." Yeah. Um. They said we want to focus on better characters, more compelling storylines, new characters, and more content. It's not necessarily in the ring. Okay. You've got more content than not necessarily in the ring. You've got that. I mean, that's, you have a whole new ring backstage. You've got new characters. We've got new characters. Compelling storylines. Hit or miss, I would say, on this show, if that's what you're looking for. Compelling storylines. You're not taking storylines you have and making them more compelling. You're just throwing a, a huge, crazy idea against the wall and hoping people are intrigued by it. That's not compelling storylines. That is 
hot-shotting. That's late, two, late 90s, early 2000s WCW, just like, let's do something big and crazy. And it's, you're insane, but it's, and it's entertaining, but it's not good wrestling TV. That being said, Nick, did you feel, and this is something that like afterwards I, I was contemplating the show and looking at what they were focusing on, and there were a lot of moments where I felt you got to see more character work from the characters. There was not a ton of wrestling on this show. There was a lot of character work. There was a lot of people bearing their souls, people expressing something about who they were. Um, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of defining characters on this show. And that's something that looking back at it, I went, huh, was there a diamond buried in all of the monkey crap that was Raw Underground? I, uh, oh, of Raw Underground? Um, or just in general, the whole show of Raw. I, I think there's a diamond in, in the rough in there with what could potentially be Shayna versus Asuka. It's going to take a while to get there. We're going to have to get past SummerSlam and the Sasha rematch. But Shayna Asuka could be like your top two NXT women of all time having a program on the main roster. Yeah. I, I have hopes for that. Will that draw, though, is my question. Are people really interested in that? I, I don't think that they've done a good, uh, they haven't done a good enough job with Shayna to yeah. make people intrigued in her versus Asuka right now. You've got to build up Shayna more for that to be the case. You, you've, you've got one of the most powerhouse video package crews in the world, you absolutely could do that in a couple of weeks. If you, yeah, you'd have to go back to NXT for it. Absolutely, you would. You know, you absolutely would. But See, show her tapping out all of the people that's most. Some of them are on the main roster now. Yeah, or I one just, of them I, had I, a WrestleMania match with uh, with Charlotte Flair. So you know, but I just looked. I looked down the whole card, and I was like, you know, th that the the Shayna Shayna didn't really get a ton of this, but like, look at Samoa Joe being defined as a character, Seth and Murphy being defined as characters, even more so than they normally are. Uh, Kevin Owens bared his soul. The Riot Squad had a really emotional moment. Uh, Apollo Crews getting a promo. you know. And then, of course, as, as we were talking about, even some of the stuff with the Hurt Business, where they really, you know, they were able to show frustration and move from one segment to the other. And you see an evolution in their, what their thoughts are throughout the show. I thought there was a lot of good character development on this show relative for WWE. Yeah. Um, yeah, so looking at the brighter side of it, uh, I, I will give that to them. That being said, man, there were some crazy creative choices this week, yeah. and I'm very curious where they're going to go next. Yeah. Kyle, again with a buck in the tip jar, says, I, Thank I, you, I hereby petition Nick to raise a shrine to our Lord and Savior, Pat Buck, mm. in place of the fallen witch. <laughs> well, to see if she's truly fallen yet. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, you know, like a little, I, you know, like a little Pat know. Buck on the back of your chair, so like looking over your shoulder all the time in case she ever shows up, or yeah. just on her shoulder. There up you there, go. Up there where Bronze at that you guys yeah. can't really see right now. I apologize. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Kind of see on. his feet. I got been, uh, this whole backdrop is going to get overhauled. I'm waiting on shelves to get here from oh, okay. Whenever they get here, right? Excuses, excuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there we go, guys. We uh, holy shit, we survived that and we made it through. We Jesus did. Christ, we did. Uh, and, and that was one of the worst can. raws I can ever remember watching. I, I oh, did not. Come on, it, was, it wasn't that bad. It was. It was. It was bad. It was really, really. Mm, creatively out there in a limb and I don't think it was a good wrestling show but it was not as bad as some Raws that I've seen where I'm bored a sir wasn't bored I was not bored on that episode of Raw and they left themselves a lot of things where 
as we always say, if they commit to them, if they really do try to do longer-term storylines and they invest in those storylines, some of the stuff that they built in this Raw, I think they do have some good ideas here to work with. Some stuff not so much, and it's execution as much as it is the idea. <laughs> so, to be determined. But yeah, that was definitely a bizarre, bizarre episode of Raw. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, to wrap up the show here, we're going to do what we always do to wrap hmm. up our shows. Thank you to Mr. Sean Clark, the mop man himself. We are heading over to do our moment of positivity. <laughs> That's right, the mop, the moment of positivity, that thing that we do at the end of our show to send you out back into the world with a smile on your face and thinking positive thoughts with a warm feeling in your tummy and butterflies and all that lovely stuff because we do tend to sometimes get kvetchy on the show and we don't want everyone to go out there with that kind of energy in the world. So we're going to yeah. take something that happened in the last couple days of wrestling and say, this is something that we can smile about, be happy about, be positive about. What was your moment of positivity, Mr. Nick? Mm. Joe, uh, I'm torn between two. So I'm okay. just going to pick one. I'm going to say okay. Joe. Yeah. I, I figured I was probably going to have to find something else besides Joe because Joe is just the obvious one. Joe just that. Oh, my God. Like Seth, that was Seth, just you. You don't want to do this. <laughs> and just that just that look of in Seth's face of just I'm going to kill you. <laughs> just oh, they're stare down. Yeah, I, I got I got I'm getting gooseys right now. even thinking about it. That was Ooh. that was everything I love about wrestling drama. Yeah. Right. In quotations mark drama. Right, that's it. That's it right there. Two characters that are really well defined. Joe is a badass, and Seth is a badass in a different way. Seth's nuts. Joe's nuts. Both in different ways, and they're facing each other down. You got my damn attention. You got my attention. Yep. So that is a fantastic one. I agree for sure. For sure, mine's gonna have to be Drew's. Uh, Drew's speech. Oh, Drew's fantastic yeah. promo on Randy Orton. It also gave me chills, and it and it it was nice to have Randy redefined in that way. Where once, like it's it's hard to find new things, new bad things to say about Randy Orton after all these years. We've heard all the all the promos and everything, and Drew found a new one, and he delivered it in such everything that Drew delivered on the show. I was talking earlier about Kevin Owens having a great delivery. Drew just absolutely over the fence uh, with his delivery, and of course, Randy right now is everything he's doing is working like gangbusters, he was the perfect recipient for it. Reacted perfectly um, in, the, in the way he came back at it. That whole segment was fantastic. So I've got to call out Drew and Randy for being fantastic on the show as well. Yeah, the whole line that Drew delivered about uh, you could have, yeah, I was fired and I deserve to be. And I was standing in catering. I was miserable. And a, a word from you. My world was falling apart. I was far away from home. My mother was passing away. And a one kind word. Oh, <laughs> that's why we watch Love wrestling it. that's it man yeah that was the, that's the good stuff right there mm, mm, mm. well thank you sir and dangerous and thank you guys for hanging out with us shout out to everybody in the live chat don't go anywhere guys stick around for after the outro music plays because we're going to raid some friendos
Stay, hang, hang, hang tight. Let me let me get this out real quick, and we'll we'll go do, have some fun. Uh, come over and join us in our Discord community, guys. Uh, you can find links to it in our social media over in the Facebook discussion group. Come join us over there. Also pinned across our social media profiles. Um, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you got your notifications set to all as well, so that you get notified when we put up new episodes of BWO Daily every single day. Uh, patrons, thank you guys so much. If you're not a patron yet, uh, go ahead and get signed up because it is August. It's SummerSlam time where what, four times a year oh, man. we do the patron could be the next champ. challenge. And Robbie RB will be defending his mm -hmm. WrestleMania patron pick'ems championship for the very first time. Let's see if he can Look retain. Robbie. Oh, Robbie, they're coming for Ooh, you. Oh, they're coming for you. New patrons signing they up every coming. day. Shout out to the new patrons. What's up, guys? Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you guys so much. And again, stick around, guys, for the raid after the stream because we're going to go have some fun after the outro music plays. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangers. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangers. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.